for the Vault Studio, this is the NFL Podcast, proudly presented by U.S. Sports Gear. Here are your hosts, James Arthur, Chris Bryan, and Richard Garraway. Hello everybody, I am James Arthur and welcome to the Vault Studio NFL Podcast. This is our second show for the week, we're into our uh, our double weekly shows now and we're doing our preview um, and a bit of review for a game and we're joined by a new host for the Vault Studio, George Chipness. Thank you very much for, for joining us, George. Pleasure to be here, thank you James. Hello Vault Nation. Thanks mate, and um, first of all, let's just get our affiliations, who are you an NFL fan of? Uh, pains me to say, but I'm a New York Jets man, James. Oh God. Okay. So <laughs> it's, um, look, it's going to be a tough year. I won't sugarcoat it for you. Um, yeah. let's just hope you can win a couple of games. Maybe your, uh, young guys on defense can look like something and we'll see where it goes from there. Um, scam for Sam, try and pick up a young quarterback and see where it goes for next year. Uh, no, mate, I think I'm just going to concentrate more on the uh, the Pats here and they're 0-1 to start the season. So for me, that's um, that that's made my season. Uh, we're already 1-0 the Jets. So um, yeah, we're, we're, we're flying right now. Well, if, if there's something to focus on, it, it can be the New England Patriots because there's nothing more Australian fans like to barrack for than the New England Patriots, I've found. Yep, yep. Um, get it all the time now. Um, definitely a real bandwagon country we are with the Patriots. So it's um, it's really good that they they struggled on home turf against a, a really strong Kansas City team. Yeah, it was a great game. What what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll we'll head into the newsroom and we'll discuss that and more coming out of the break. It's time to go into the newsroom on the Vault NFL Podcast. Well, as George mentioned, the New England Patriots have fallen to 0-1 um, with a 42-27 to loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. George, did, did you catch the game? What was your thoughts on it? I did catch the game. Um, it was a really, really big game in regards to momentum swings. I mean, at one stage, New England looked like they were going to blow out the Chiefs. They were, you know, 17-0 with that... Um, Gronkowski catch in the end zone and then um, the review pulled it back and it was back to, I think it was back to 10 and zip and um, that really swung the momentum of the game and after that happened and after the the unfortunate Kareem Hunt fumble, um, everything started to go Alex Smith's way. Yeah, I I thought the, obviously Hunt was absolutely outstanding but I thought the game actually turned on the fourth down conversions that the Patriots kept trying to grab um, there was two of them, fourth and inches and a fourth and one, that they got stuffed both times on. And it really, as you said, the momentum was then absolutely destroyed by um, the Chiefs. And on each of them, the Chiefs were able to score off. And that was just such a turning point. And the big plays. I thought the Chiefs' offensive line, the way they pass protected, especially in the second half, was outstanding. You know, we saw the long pass to Hunt, the uh, 78-yard touchdown pass to Hunt, where basically... They just didn't get any pressure on him, and the linebacker couldn't hold up in coverage long enough. Um, you saw the, the the big play to Tyreek Hill. That was a long-developing play that the O-line protected well for. I thought, in terms of that, they were outstanding. And then you put that all into perspective, when they, were, when they finally took the lead, 28-27, to 27, they got that momentum back, and then Hunt broke off that big you know, 50- or 60-yard run down the left sideline, um, and, then, and then Chandrick West ran it in for a touchdown from 20 yards out. 
those two plays alone, that was kind of the, the knife in the back for me. That, that, that was it for them. They didn't. I don't think the Patriots could come back from that. I thought Brady looked a little bit out of sync. Um, I think losing uh, their wide receiver, Malcolm, before the game, who's now gone on IR, was a pretty big deal. I'm forgetting his last name. Malcolm Mitchell. Malcolm Mitchell, that's it. So he was kind of going to be that guy who come in for Edelman and losing him before the game, and he's now on IR. I thought that was pretty huge. But all in all, the Chiefs surprised me. Their offense looked great. Defensively, they did enough. They stalled them in the red zone a few times. And um, I haven't got the Chiefs going into the playoffs, and <laughs> I might have made a mistake. I might have as well, mate. Um, I, in a very, very competitive AFC West, um, I you know, obviously had the Raiders when considering their front five and defensive front seven and um the chiefs were um just going to try and get up there uh, for for second spot um between denver and and the la Chargers. but when you look at kansas city they just looked like i know it's week one i know it's one game into the season but their game overall was just outstanding and it's um it's funny you talked about the big plays um there is an interesting and big stat that came out of that game from alec quarterback alex smith he had four targeted passes for 20-plus yards yesterday. He hit three of them for 178 yards. Now, last season, he only accumulated 521 yards from deep ball targets in all of the 2016 regular season. So he's, in a way, he's accumulated only a th- uh, already a third of what he produced last year in the deep ball. And I think that just comes back to a a rejuvenated offensive line by Kansas City. Um, and now they've got this Kareem Hunt fellow who's just a versatile pass-catching running back that actually breaks and makes the big plays. And his scouting report read last year that he finds extra yards spinning off hits. He flourished as a receiving back at Toledo, and he was able to stay up through hits. And last uh, yesterday, sorry, you saw it. He broke six tackles. He averaged four yards per carry after contact. And we obviously saw that wheel route that went through for a touchdown. Um, so I don't know if you call that um, a brilliant Kansas City offense or um, maybe an overrated New England defense. But, gee, uh, Kansas City looked very, very good. And I thought, you know, Hunt's day started ominously. Like, he fumbled on his very first carry, first in the NFL, after not fumbling his entire college career. He <laughs> yes, never had a right. fumble in college. And the first one I thought, oh, God, is it too much for this kid? Um, and a lot of young guys wouldn't be able to come back from that. But the way he responded, that was the most exciting thing for me. Is A lot of guys, they drop their head and go, oh, yeah, no, nah, that's it. That was a shot. I'm never going to get the opportunity. Oh, I've stuffed it up. I've never fumbled before. Why fumble now? But he just went, oh, no, okay, that, that, that's happened now. Let's move on. I'm going to make up for it. And he made up for it in a big way. You know, he had one rushing touchdown, two receiving touchdowns, well over 250 scrimmage yards um i thought he was absolutely outstanding all day yeah definitely well, the player uh, of the game yeah oh, yeah he definitely was and um if you've uh if you've drafted him in your fantasy team this season you might um walk around with a bit of a head wobble for uh for the next seven days or so but he's a resilient character which also read in his scout report and um he just bounces straight back up doesn't he and um you got to also consider that the supporting cast around him Kansas City's O-line, and uh, Tariq Hill as the deep threat. Um, he's coming into his second season, and he's just become a massive upgrade for Jeremy Macklin as well. He had uh, seven receptions for 133 yards with the, with the TD uh, yesterday. 
And um, it just looks like they've got the deep threat. They've got the possession receiver in Travis Kelsey, and they've got the big play running back in Kareem Hunt, who could, who does to me look like um, David Johnson 2.0. So it's exciting times at Kansas City, and maybe the drafting and of um, quarterback Patrick Mahomes lit a fire up Alex Smith, and he thought, you know what, I'm not done yet, and um, he ended up getting a pro football focus grade of 83.9 yesterday and he looks like he's um his san francisco self and uh it's just really exciting to see how he um how he goes for the rest of the season because uh they're, they're looking like quite a force yeah and i think if from the patriots side yeah it's disappointing to go oh and one but the last three three times they've started the season oh and one they've won the super bowl so <laughs> i don't think it's uh you, know, you should be worried about anything. Look, it wasn't a great loss. The defense needs some shoring up. But if uh, if anyone's going to get that right, it'll be Bill Belichick. And I didn't think the offense looked terrible against a fairly good Chiefs defense either. No, they, they weren't good. In fact, um, it's it, you know we, we've just gotten the unfortunate news about Eric Berry, who's, um, who's out with an Achilles injury for the season. Shocking, um, but- shocking news. It's it's terrible news because you saw the effect he he had on the game. He had a man uh, a man assignment for the entire game on on Rob Gronkowski. He held him to only two catches and thirty three yards. And to me, holding Gronk on a one on one assignment for the entire game and keeping him to that number is just unheard of. And Eric Berry did it. He's just so versatile. Not only does he read the ball well out of the safety position, but he can just push up forward. He's got the the athleticism and he's got the physicality to hold a big, big tight end like Gronk, um, who's an absolute freak. And and we saw that. Um, Justin Houston had two sacks and two QB hits in a hurry. And And stuffed the fourth down run when he shot inside of... uh... The, the, the right tackle and made the play. I thought he played outstanding, Houston. That's right. Um, he, he, he killed Marcus Cannon at right tackle, and he might look like quite a weak, weak link on New England's offensive line. But apart from that, New England's um, offensive line held up pretty well. Um, for most of the game, it looked like Tom Brady um, almost needed a pillow there in the pocket. He could you know have a sleep. He was, um, he was just very, very good. And um, the the offensive line, you know, worked as they did. You know, Nate Solder leading the charge, um, but I think it, it's just the lack of um, Julian Edelman as well. He went down at this, you know, a couple of weeks ago with an ACL. They brought in Brandon Cook, uh, Brandon Cook, sorry, um, but he just looks like um, he was more suited to the just the the up tempo offense of New Orleans. Like I said, it's only been a, a game into 2017. Hopefully they get it together. Like you said, last three times they've gone gone I won one. They've they've won a Super Bowl, and uh, it's it's just interesting to see how they can bounce back from this. Um, but I think they I think they can. They are the New England Patriots. They are Tom Brady. They are Tom Belichick. But next uh, next week's game against the New Orleans Saints down there in New Orleans um, will be one to watch. Yeah, and, and a very important one. And we've, we've got a bit of breaking news that's just popped up. The uh, Ezekiel Elliott injunction has been um, has been granted by the US District Court, which means his suspension is on hold. So this is very similar to what happened with the Tom Brady suspension. So he'll definitely play Sunday night, which he always was. But at this point, he is eligible to play every game until the NFL 
uh, seat have a hearing in the district court, which is good news for Cowboys fans and for Ezekiel Elliott. It's fantastic news. They've got the New York Giants, um, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Packers the first five weeks of the season before their week six bye, and and they really needed him. Them their five games are, are very very tough. But um, now that they've got their big time running back um, now in the backfield again, um, it, it just could prove to be uh, you know a godsend for a Dallas team that is striving to make a Super Bowl and uh, that. That's that's huge news coming out of the states, and um, Dallas Cowboys fans, aka you, James, will um, will be feeling pretty happy. Yes, very happy. And the, the other news that's making me feel uh, a, a bit, I'm a bit not sure how to feel about it. I'm a little bit happy. It looks like Odell Beckham isn't going to play the the uh, season opener. His ankle injury is still giving him trouble. Uh, so. That's, I guess, good news if you're a Cowboys fan. But as a football fan, I prefer to watch Odell Beckham play because I enjoy watching him play football. Um, so hopefully he can get himself right and get back on the field as quickly as possible. He is questionable, so he may play in the game. But I, I don't see what the point is of the Giants risking him for week one of the season. Yeah, especially against uh, the Cowboys at, at Jury World, as you like to call it. Um, look, uh, it's, it's a big one. Um, Dallas would be uh, loving the the double win, the double bonus they're potentially going to get with Ezekiel Elliott coming in and Odell Beckham coming out. Um, but look, if he's if he's not right, I wouldn't risk him because uh, there are another fifteen games to go for the Giants, and um, it just gives a chance for uh, the wide receivers in Brendan Marshall and uh, and Sterling Shepard and and tight end. Um, and round one selection in the draft, in the April draft, Evan Ingram to come out and, and just show what they've got. Um, I think Brendan Marshall was more than, has been more than capable of holding his own as uh, the first uh, string-wide receiver for both uh, Chicago and, and the Jets, and um, he can hold that spot pretty well, um, see what happens when Odell Beckham comes back. Um, but also other news that um, Cam Newton of the Carolina Panthers, also questionable their game against the uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, this weekend. Yeah, that that's big news. It's, it's not surprising to me, but it is big. I, I think he will play, but uh, going against that Niners, you know, revamped defense, I don't think I'd want to go in with a bit of a niggling injury because they will come after him. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. This is very similar to the Andrew Luck situation. Without Cam Newton, that team doesn't have much of a chance. No, that's exactly right. Um, you know, the, yes, they've, they've drafted Christian McCaffrey. He's going to debut. He's going to be that running back that they've needed. But uh, I can't even name the second-string quarterback for the Carolina Panthers off the top of my head. Um, it just looks like uh, they're, they just need Cam. They need Cam. They just want this win against San Francisco, and they want to start their season 1-0. and And um, with the loss of, of Cam Newton, it... it you know, it might not come into fruition and it might be harder than they think. Yeah, absolutely. The backup quarterback is Derek Anderson there, who's, you know, he's been around the league for a long time, but he, he's certainly not Cam Newton and he's uh, he'll struggle. Look, what we'll do is we'll get into our, our previews. Uh, you've put together a fantastic rundown. Richie Garraway, who's my other host on this show, who has never done a rundown in his life, he <laughs> would, this has put him to shame. He would be shocked to see this. So absolutely well done. We'll start with the, the morning slate of games. We've got the New York Jets 
at the Buffalo Bills. Um, I'm not expecting this to be a pretty game. Yeah, can we just move on to the next game? I mean, this this just will not be pretty um, as a Jets fan and as an NFL fan. It's just going to be an absolute slugfest. Um, I'll be surprised if oh, – actually, I won't be surprised if there's not a touchdown scored and there is a, a maybe a 9-3 scoreline. But um, just having a look at the at the numbers and having a look at the matchups, um, it, one thing that stands out is LaShawn McCoy. Big shady against the New York Jets. Now get this: in his three, in his last three games um, since at the Bills, he's averaged 60 yards and zero touchdowns. So his game against this Jets um, for, uh, defensive front seven, which might be the strongest facet of their game, um, nullifies him pretty well. And he he can't be the the LaShawn McCoy that we all know and love. Um, and on the flip side. Um, Bilal Powell, um, who looks like he's going to be behind Matt Forte on the depth chart for, uh, for Monday morning our time. His game week 16 last season against the Bills, 22 attempts, 122 yards at five and a half yards per carry. So there might be a big to and fro here. If the Jets can get their running game up and going because we know they've got little to nothing on the pass catching side. Um Look, they might they might make a contest of this, and uh, when you're looking at um, the Jets' defensive line rush um, DVOA, now I'll explain the DVOA because I'm going to be saying that a lot, James. Um, yep. It just breaks down the entire season play by play, compares the success on each play to the league average to the league average. So there's a lot of variables involved in that down distance, location on field, and it's adjusted to take the take into account the quality of the opposition as well. So it's a really good indicator. Um, like I said, with, with LaShawn McCoy, the Jets defensive line rush DVOA was ranked first in the league last season. Buffalo's was ranked 30th. So it looks like the game might be won and lost with the running game. Yeah, I think I think I can definitely say that. LaShawn McCoy has struggled in the past against them. Um, but that big offensive line will want to push the Jets around. Sheldon Richardson... Uh, he, he, losing him will be a big deal, I think, for the Jets. It'll take away a bit of that force. Um, I'm going to take the Bills in a real tight game. It could, it'll be a field goal win um, and a very low-scoring one at that. Yeah, well, um, I've just had a look at Buffalo's wideouts as well. Um, they've got first round. Uh, they've got sorry, their their draft pick Zay, Zay Jones. Um, they've got Jordan Matthews, which we obviously knew was in that was in that trade with the LA Rams and, and Andre Holmes from Oakland. These are some big play guys. And um, if the offensive line for Buffalo can hold Tyrod Taylor and protect him well and throw to these big play receivers, um, especially in front of uh, fans at Ralph Wilson Stadium, Buffalo could just sneak out to a big lead in the first quarter in the first half and just contain that for the rest of the game. I've got Buffalo going by 17 purely because when the Jets get on the, get on with their running game and then go to a passing option, they will have no one, and Buffalo um, might have a lot of chances to uh, to capitalise. So Buffalo by 17 for me, James. Yep, beautiful. And the next game we have is the Atlanta Falcons. They are 28-3 Atlanta Falcons at the Chicago Bears. <laughs> uh, I see Atlanta winning this game quite comfortably. I do as well. Um, the big thing that stands out for me um, for Chicago is, again, um, the defensive rush 
DVOA. Um, they were ranked 29th last season, and they're up against probably the most versatile X-Factor running back, Devontae Freeman. Um, he just It just looks like a scary matchup. Um, last season, um, Chicago conceded 122 rushing yards per game. I don't think they've done much to change that over the offseason. Um, it just looks like Devontae. If you've got him in your fantasy lineup, just start him. Daily fantasy, just start him. He's just going to have a, a real day out. Um, now, but looking at Atlanta's defensive front against Chicago's offensive line, I'd like to consider Chicago's front five as their biggest facet of the game. They, it was a major weakness three, four years ago, but they've really worked on it, and they've got a they've got a solid offensive line. Um, they were ranked eighth for adjusted running back yards and seventh for adjusted sack rate. So that means that. Against quality, and when you put all the factors together, their running game has been really good with the inclusion of, of Jordan Howard. And um, and they, they protect their quarterback pretty well. And I guess they're just looking for that quarterback to just take him to the next level, and that won't be there with, with Mike Lennon. Um, but Atlanta, on the other side, their defensive line ranked 25th last year um, against the run and 24th for um, their adjusted sack rate as well. So, you know, that might be a contest in itself. Um, if Chicago can hold their own, maybe they won't get blown out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what, what, what's your tip for this game? I've got, I've got the Falcons by, by four touchdowns. Um, I, just, I just think Devontae Freeman might, might tear the game a new one. You've got Julio Jones. Um, you know, you've just got so many options. And I think uh, Austin Hooper might be a huge breakout candidate this year and red zone threat. Um, they've just got too many weapons, James. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you there. Uh, the next game we have is the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. Both teams have played 42 times and with 21 wins each. So they're exactly 50-50. This game could go a long way to deciding that division. I know it's early, but early division games are very important. I agree. I mean, the the standout favourites to start the season is is are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but you know, Baltimore and Cincinnati they've made great runs before, and if you're one and zero, you've got a lot of confidence to to just keep going and build that foundation for the rest of the season. Um, but as we know, Baltimore might be taking a hit with Joe Flacco. He I think he remains questionable, or is he back, James? Uh, he's still questionable. They're, they're not sure whether he's going to play. They, they, they think he will play, but yeah, back injury scare me. You know, it destroyed Tony Romo, and I'll never, I'll never be comfortable with a quarterback with a back injury. Me neither. Um, and it's because of that I'm also looking at, um, at Cincinnati's quarterback, Andy Dalton. Um, since uh, 2014, let's look at the numbers against Baltimore. He's Average 291 yards at 62.5% completion percentage, which is pretty impressive. He's had six total touchdowns. Um, he looks like he, he knows the Baltimore defense really well. Um, and let's go to AJ Green there, that, that star wide receiver since 2014 as well. He's had played five games, 604 yards at an average of 120 yards per game and six touchdowns. So he's torn um, apart. He's, um, he loves playing Baltimore. Um, and despite the fact both offensive lines are a bit suspect, um, you'd think that a healthy Andy Dalton 
and uh, a lack of firepower on Baltimore's end, especially um, a questionable running running situation with Danny Woodhead and Terrence West. You'd think that just Cincinnati has too much to roll over the Baltimore Ravens here today. I've got Cincinnati by 17. Yeah, I, I tend to think Cincinnati are going to be a bit strong. I made the mistake of thinking Baltimore were going to be good last year. Uh, no injuries hit them pretty hard, but... Yeah, I just don't see their running game being great. Flacco being injured is just never a good sign. He's barely played in the preseason or training camp. I think uh, Cincinnati will win fairly comfortably at home. Agreed. Uh, Next game we have (laughs) could be the game of the round, the Pittsburgh Steelers at Cleveland. Uh, For poor Deshaun Kaiser, is this the game you want to start against the Pittsburgh Steelers, your first game of your career? Uh, If if I was uh, Deshaun, I'd be... um, be just going to the uh, going to the coach and saying, "Oh, I've got a. I think I've tweaked my hammy. Might be out this week. Um, he, he looks like he's going to start this, his career 0 and 1. But it's going to be really, really exciting to see him play. Um, he he's got a lot of gunslinger about him. He's uh, he's got a strong arm. He loves the deep ball, and he's got wide receivers in in Corey Coleman um, and Kenny Britt who who can. Um, bust through and and get into the open field. So it'd be interesting to see how that chemistry lines up between wide receiver and quarterback. And um, I've always been a fan of Isaiah Crowell. Uh, um, I just think he's a very underrated running back um, who sometimes just has played with the run block system that's a bit too inconsistent. But against Pittsburgh, his um, last four games, negative five yards, 53 yards, 10 yards, and then 152 yards for zero touchdowns. So we see it'll be interesting to see how he goes, just to provide some spark for Cleveland. Um, but when you look at Pittsburgh's side, I mean, um, what more can you say? They've, they've brought in an influx of defensive players. The, the standout to me being J.J. Watt's brother, um, TJ, and uh, he's uh, he's come in. At, he's probably going to start as an edge rusher, Um but the main thing here is other wide receivers and Antonio Brown yards since 2014 against Cleveland, 116, 118, 139, 187 <laughs> and 76 for an average of almost 128 yards and four overall TDs. And Martavis Bryant's back from his suspension. He had a big game in 2015 against Cleveland, 178 yards for a touchdown. Um, this just, Spells doom and gloom, especially with the loss of their number one pick, Miles Garrett, for the Browns. Um, he won't be able to play, which is um, which is a bit disappointing. Um, I've just got Pittsburgh by twenty-four, James. Yeah, I, I think um, Pittsburgh are going to be way too strong. Maybe it being at Cleveland slows Pittsburgh down for the first, you know, half maybe, and they get they only win by ten or seventeen. But yeah, I think. Pittsburgh and really never going to be challenged. I'm interested to see how Deshaun Kaiser goes, and I'm really disappointed that we're not going to see Miles Gareth probably four to six weeks with that ankle injury. So that's really disappointing for them. Um, the next game we have is the Arizona Cardinals at Detroit. Interesting game here. I think this is going to be a really interesting one. The Cardinals' defense is under the spotlight uh, against a high-octane offense with the highest-paid uh, player in the NFL, <laughs> Matthew Stafford. But... Wow. Without Calais Campbell, DJ Swearinger, Tony Jefferson, Alex Okafor, Kevin Minter, they've all left in the offseason. There's a massive amount of turnover, plus the Honey Badger coming back from an injury. 
I'm very sceptical about this Arizona defense. Well, um, there is a, a website I go on just to have a look at um, just the analytics here. And uh, Arizona, they're putting an expected defensive DBOA when looking at the changes on both sides of the football. Arizona has gone from almost a, a top 15 unit to now ranking them 24th when considering their changes. <clears throat> Sorry, mate. But so that just shows that Arizona's losses, especially with Calais Cam- Campbell, um, against a, a, a long team that looks like they have some pretty sound pieces, including um, Amir Abdullah, who's coming back from injury. Um, Detroit, I think, will win this, but it's just a matter to me of, of how much. Um, to me, uh, Arizona, you know, they need Carson Palmer fit and firing. They need him to make the right plays. Larry Fitzgerald's not getting any uh, younger either. Um, I don't know. I just can't put my finger on, on this Arizona team this season. But when looking at this matchup, yes, they have David Johnson, but I think Detroit just all round has um, has a lot more versatility in their game. I'm actually picking Detroit to win this by 10. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be maybe a little bit closer, but I'm taking Detroit, and it's about time uh, Matthew Stafford starts playing like a winner, um, and he's getting paid like one now. I think he has a lot of pressure on him on this year. Uh, I'm also really, really looking forward to seeing their first-round pick, Jared Davis. I think he was a real good pick, um, a bit of a steal. I think he's going to be outstanding for them. So looking forward to see how he's go- he goes. And, yeah, I've got Detroit by – I only go Detroit by seven. Uh, the next game we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. Um, how big an effect do you think the, the horrible situation in Houston's going to have uh, on this game? It's going to be a big game, and it's going to have a massive effect. Um, Houston is a very vocal fan base. They're a strong fan base. Um, and JJ Watt, is, he could almost be mayor of, of Houston if he wants. He can walk in there and get the keys. They love him. He's going to fire the team up. He's, donate, he's raised $18 million Incredible. to his um, Hurricane Harbor Fund, which is fantastic. You've got to give him props for that. And Houston's rallying. Houston's doing fantastically well. Um, they're dealing with adversity. And now they're going to have an outlet, which is football. And that's their life. And it's going to be a big game for them. But that being said, I'm just looking at both teams. I'm looking at both quarterbacks. It's going to be a, it's going to be a QB battle, not for the faint of heart in Tom Savage and Blake Bortles. Um but to me, I'm just looking at Jacksonville's uh, inclusion of, of players at, um, at defense, the main one being, um, obviously, Clays Campbell from Arizona. Um, they're a very, very impressive defensive unit. Um, there's seven of their 11 predicted starters who have scored a pro fo- football focus grade of over 80 last season, which is, which is pretty damn good. Um, I'm really looking forward to the DeAndre Hopkins and Jalen Ramsey um, matchup. I feel like Jalen Ramsey has gotten the big fish last season. He will go on DeAndre Hopkins. Um, in their two meetings last season, Hopkins has only recorded 135 yards for zero touchdowns. So he's been contained pretty well considering um, how big time he is. And some of that might have had to do with um, with Brock Osweiler. The heist. But, uh, uh, let's, uh, let's move on from the Osweiler era. Um, 
but I, I just think uh, Jalen Ramsey did really, really well last season. He was a, he was a, a great um, draft selection for them last year. Um, Alan Robinson, can this be his breakout? Um, I don't know. He's averaged 79 yards and two total touchdowns in his two-year career against the Texans. Lamar Miller, he's, when you're looking at his numbers, he's been um, very, very suspect against Jacksonville. It, to me, it's it's one of my top matchups this Monday because it's so unpredictable and it's going to be a game full of heart and emotion. And uh, Jacksonville made a lot of changes. Houston have gone past the Osweiler era. Um, I, I, I couldn't pick it, but I, I, I put down a selection just based on the numbers and the rankings. I've gone the Jaguars by 14, but I'm not uh, convinced. All I know is I'm going to enjoy watching the game. Yeah, well, this is the first one we're going to disagree on. I made a very big mistake last season, as the other boys on the show will know. Uh, I picked the Jacksonville Jaguars to go 13-3, and have Coach of the Year, Blake Bortles as MVP. I went all in on them, um, and they let me down, so I will never, ever make that mistake again. I'm taking the Houston Texans. I think their defense is just going to be too strong for Jacksonville. They will shut down the run with those big bodies, JJ Watt, Clowney, um, Merciless, and I can't see Blake Bortles getting it done. I just think he's he's broken now. I don't think he's going to make it. So I'm going to take the Houston Texans by 17 points. I think they're going to really give him a trumping. Um, uh, we'll go to our next game. We have the Oakland Raiders at the Tennessee Titans. Pretty big game this week. Uh, looks like it could be a high-scoring one too. It is. It's um. It's also two teams that I feel could push for the AFC Championship, not only this season, but in seasons to come. These are two very, very talented teams and very young teams. Um, on one side, you've got Khalil Mack, you've got Derek Carr, you've got Amari Cooper. Um, and on the other side, you've got Mar- Marcus Mariota, you've got Derek Henry, you've now got Corey Davis, who they've drafted, who I think uh, is, is just an absolute star. Um, but we'll quickly go into Oakland uh, wide receivers versus the Tennessee cornerbacks um, as a big matchup. Uh, their depth is questionable, the Titans, and we'll see how they nullify Michael Crabtree, who averaged a lot of yards against them last season. Jonathan Cyprian's going to be a big recruit for Tennessee. Um, uh, we'll see how he goes coming in from the Jags. But I'm really looking forward to Marshawn Lynch. Beast mode is back, James. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know how big a deal he's going to be early in the season, but I'm definitely excited to see him play football. Um, I'm going to take the Oakland Raiders. I think Tennessee going to be really good, but uh, Derek Carr's in my fantasy team, so I'm going to roll with him. I think they're going to win it by a touchdown. Who, who have you got? I've got Oakland by three just due to Oakland's depth at wide receiver. Yep, spot on. Uh, the next game we've got is a, a division game, a, a big one. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington Redskins. Uh Fairly big game early in the season. It is. It's going to be a very, very big NFC East battle. To me, I think the winner of this game may win the division. Start off 1-0, you get a bit of a run. I'm really looking forward to seeing how Alshon Jeffrey goes and his um, chemistry with second-year quarterback Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz has been looking for a big-time receiver to help him, and he's gotten Alshon Jeffrey, who, who can make the spectacular grab. He's a big-time player. And they've also brought in Tory Smith, who came in from the 49ers, who's a deep threat, who also provides that that deep threat option for Carson Wentz. And you think of Carson Wentz, you think of a very, very smart, articulate quarterback. He's very intelligent, reads the reads the defensive cues well, and um, if he finds an opportunity, he's going to bite. And now he's got a really he's got two talented receivers that can post as a deep threat that can do that. But on the other hand, with Washington, 
the tandem of now ex-Cleveland Browns Royal Pryor and Jamison Crowder will be important to their success. And um, we'll see how they go against the Philadelphia defense, who was ranked fourth last year for overall defensive DVOA, second for pass DVOA. So Kirk Cousins might be in for a, a very, very hard day at the office. And for that, um, I've got Philadelphia upsetting Washington at Washington by two touchdowns, James. Yeah, I, I, I hate predicting either of these two teams to win as a Cowboys fan, but uh, I tend to agree with you. I think Philadelphia is just going to be a little bit too well-rounded. Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator, the second year in that system for all those guys, I think they're going to be too strong. Fletcher Cox, I think Derek Barnett's going to be a rotational guy, but I think he's going to have an impact. And I also think Olsen Jeffrey, I think Carson Wentz is going to improve this year. I think Kirk Cousins is going to drop off a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Philadelphia by, by much the same, maybe 10 points, two touchdowns, something like that. Uh, the next game we have are the Indianapolis Colts at the LA Rams. Andrew Luck will not play. Scott Tolls in to start. Aaron Donald will not play. So I ask you the question, George, what is the point of watching this game without Aaron Donald or Andrew Luck? I think the point of watching this game might be to see how the development of Jared Goff goes. Um, he had a, a, let's face it, he had a poor season last season. Um, he was just, um, I don't know, there, there, was just no, there was just no shining light to his game. But I'm really excited to see how his development has gone over the offseason because um, he was picked one for a reason. Um, and he's got some some nice wide receivers now. In, in, he's got Sammy Watkins. Uh, they've bought. They've taken out Kenny Britt, but Tavon Austin see, is, is, has always been a good possession receiver. So he's got the deep threat now, and he's got the possession receiver to complement him. Um, I mean, I'm also looking forward to the running game on both sides. So Frank Gore, he's uh, he's just. He's drinking from the fountain of youth. He's just all time rushing yards, Frank Gore. The old, the, yeah, the, the older he gets, the better he gets. Indianapolis ranked second last year for run block efficiency. Um, and on the other side, you've got Todd Gurley, who really had a rookie season hangover. He averaged only 3.2 yards per carry compared to his rookie season of 4.8 yards. But Indianapolis is ranked was ranked dead last for a rush defensive DVOA last year. So t- Todd Gurley could be a sneaky big game player and when you're considering also his his options and also watch out for Cooper Cup um, I'm just shouting him out there the Eastern Washington wide receiver who they drafted last year he's a good deep catch player and he can play in the slot too he's just maybe a smoky for me as rookie of the year and a fantasy player too um, that being all said I've got the Rams by a couple of touchdowns I feel like Lux absence is way more detrimental to Indianapolis than Aaron Donald's absence from LA. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the biggest story here is Jared Goff. Um, if Andrew Luck can't play, I don't see anyone stopping the Rams from winning this game but Jared Goff. So if, if, if he plays mildly well with these receivers, um, the defense plays what it should be from LA against a, a borderline backup quarterback in Scott Tolzien. I think Rams are going to win this one comfortably at home. Uh, we'll then move on to the... Oh, I think this is the game of the round for me. Seattle versus Green Bay. First round of the season. This could go massive in deciding home field advantage later in the year. What a way to start your Monday morning, hey? You wake up in the morning, you know, NFL's back, and you just flick it on 7-mate or NFL Game Pass, and you put on this beauty. Um, it's, it's a great game. It's a huge battle. 
Um, we'll just we'll just do some numbers with um with the quarterbacks quickly. Aaron Rodgers versus the Seahawks defense at Lambeau. Um, what defense? Two hundred forty eight yards, seventy seven percent completion percentage, and five overall touchdowns. He can do it against anyone. Uh, Russell Wilson at Lambeau. Um, two hundred twenty six yards at fifty nine point seven percent completion percentage, three touchdowns, six interceptions. It's a big variation. Uh, it, it's big. Um, Aaron just knows how to play at Lambeau. Heck, Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers played at the MCG, he'd still get it done. He's just an absolute star. The addition of Martellus Bennett at tight end as well, just it just gives him that other option. And he loves his tight ends. We saw that last year and the year before. Richard Rodgers, Jared Cook, now Martellus Bennett, a massive upgrade. Um, but Green Bay are going to have to depend on their passing offense. Seattle were, relaying, were ranked third last See, uh, sorry, they were ranked third last season in rush defensive DVOA. So Tom Montgomery might have um, a tough day at the office. So uh, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, we mentioned Martellus Bennett. They might have to um, carry the workload of this offense, see if they can get to a big lead, and then employ the running game just to just to chew the clock up. Um, Seattle's O-line, um, they're, they're a big question mark this season. be interesting to see how they go against a Green Bay defense that I think could improve but hasn't really been... They're a bit uh, underrated. I think they're going to be Yeah, okay. they, they are. Yeah. Um, my, my best player, my favorite player on their team is Ha-Ha Clinton Dix. And no, it's not because of the name. He's a, he's a big-time player. And um, I'm, I've always been a fan of Clay Matthews. Um, Seattle's O-line just has too many holes. So um, Green Bay might um, give Russell Wilson a, a run for his money uh, on Monday morning. Um, he, they're going to make him scramble. Um, but just one glimmer of light to watch for Seattle is a, a wide receiver in uh, Paul Richardson. He's coming into his third season. He's gra- uh, fourth season, sorry. He's gradually improved in his um, pro football focus grades um, over the last three years. He's a great route runner. He's, he's got ability to make a big play. Um, he could exploit Green Bay secondary, but that being said, home field advantage Detroit too strong, James. I've got Green Bay by a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, look, I think it'll be a little closer. But I've got Green Bay by seven, but in, in Lambeau, I think it'll be an absolutely outstanding game, but I can't see Green Bay losing a home opener in Lambeau with you know a player like Aaron Rodgers fully healthy. Uh, the, the next game we've got, uh, not as interesting a game as the one before. We've got the Carolina Panthers at San Francisco. If... Cam Newton doesn't play in this game. It could be anyone's, and it could be a really bad football game. It could be um, Derek Anderson versus Brian Hoyer. Oh, um, God. It, it's uh, yeah, it's it's not going to be pretty, but it is going to be a big chance to see this 49ers defense and see this new defense and this new era. Um, it, it might be exciting to watch. It, it, it might be something to see. I, I'm really, really looking forward to Reuben Foster. Um, I think he was the biggest steal of the draft by far this year. He fell down um, in the 20s due to his off-field issues. GM John Lynch, you know, just thought, I'm at pick set 20-something. It's I'd trade it up for it. It's too good to refuse. He's going to start next to Navarro Bowman on uh, linebacker. And I think it, it, it's going to be the barometer of the San Francisco defense is Ruben Foster, is Navarro Bowman and Eli Harold. I think their, their three linebackers must set the tempo for the running game and the passing game. And they're versatile, which makes it brilliant. 
Um, they're going to have to take on the likes of Calvin Benjamin, um, who might have a stunted game due to the absence of Cam Newton. Um, I'm also looking forward to, uh, to Christian McCaffrey, the old Stanford running back on his debut. He's an exceptional route runner. He's got He just makes great cuts. Um, he has the ability to make a big play as well. So for him against a weak San Francisco team, he might have a big game. He could have a game similar to Kareem Hunt yesterday. Um, I've got I, before I heard the news about Cam Newton. Um, I did Carolina by twenty-four. I could push that down now to Carolina by maybe ten, James. Yeah, look, I, if Cam Newton doesn't play, I'm actually taking the 49ers. I think their defense will be too strong. They've got the guy who I've touted as the Australian Solomon Thomas. I don't care. He was he was born here, so he's Australian. <laughs> uh, starting there, I think Buckley's going to be too strong. I love Ruben Foster. I think he's. I've got him for Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think he's going to be outstanding. They haven't had a guy next to Bowman like that since Patrick Willis, which is a big call, but I think he's going to be great. I'm going to take the 49ers if they don't have Cam Newton. If they have Cam Newton, I'm going to take the Panthers by 17. But... Um, no at, at this point, yeah, he's just not a, playing. I'm taking the, the 49ers. I agree, mate. I mean, I'm just adding on Solomon Thomas as well. Just looking at his scouting report, he was ranked third for run-stop percentage uh, last season of all edge rushers in the NCAA. He's a big so man. He's, he's a big boy, and he uses his strength. He sheds blockers. And Carolina's offensive line, he's going to be up possibly against um, their new recruit, uh, um, down on left tackle. Um, and it's, I don't know, it might be, it just might be an area to be exploited um, on that left side. And Matt Khalil has to prove that he's worth the, the amount that uh, Carolina paid for him. And uh, who knows what's going to happen there. Well, but they did turn Michael Orr around. So if they can turn him around, then, you know, Matt Khalil's got a chance. Uh, we'll head over to the Sunday night game. By far the game of the round. Who else do you want to watch? <laughs> On a, on a Monday late morning in the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Zeke is playing. Odell might not be. What's your call, George? Uh, it's it's going to be tough. Um, New York Giants and Dallas. Zeke's back. Giants have just an elite overall defense. Um, we'll, let's just start with Elliott's uh, numbers in uh, 2017 against the Giants. 20 carries for 51 yards and a touchdown, and then 24 carries for 107 yards and zero touchdowns. Um, he's, he's been... It's, that was a productive two games. Um, and one was his first game ever in the NFL, and Dak Prescott's first game ever as well, which was... It was a tough day for them. It was, but I think Zeke held his own, and that's when I looked at him and I went, geez, the Cowboys did it again. Jerry Jones, good for you. Um, I'm just... Looking at the New York Giants now, and um, I think the biggest battle will be the Giants' defensive front seven against Dallas's offensive line. Um, the Giants were a mid-table team for adjusted line yards, but just 23rd for adjusted sack rate. So against quality opposition, they struggle to get to the quarterback. Um, and the Cowboys' offensive line, it's been touted as the strongest in the NFL, but now with the losses of Ronald Leary and Doug Free. They've now had to put um, a very, very talented Lael Collins to right tackle to help their run game. Their run game, their offensive line as a whole could go anywhere. And it's just going to be so much fun to see this battle throughout the entire game. Um, we'll go to, to Odell Beckham, who we said right off the top of the, of the podcast that he's, um, that he's questionable. He's yet to record a, 
a game at Jerry World for 100 yards or more. He's, he's done 34 yards, 44 yards, and 73 yards. So even if Odell Beckham plays, his matchup um, might not be as good as anyone thinks, even with the loss of Morris Claiborne to, to the Jets. Um, but Brandon Marshall and Sterling Shepard, like I said as well, they're, they're important to take the focus off him. Um, and it's, it's almost just as important for their defense to get up and going. Um, especially their secondary. They lost Brandon Carr. They lost Claiborne, which I touched on, and J.J. Wilcox. So can Eli Manning um, exploit this secondary? Does he still have what it takes? He's, he's an old man. Um, I just think he just must stay conservative. Don't make the big plays. If they stay conservative, they might have a hold of this game. It was tough, um, but I've got an upset, James. I'm sorry to tell you. I, I've got the Giants going by 10. I don't know what to say, George. I am <laughs> disgusted in you. Um, and I don't know if we can continue to have you on the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, look, I think it'll be a real good game. The New York Giants, the Cowboys had the best run defense in the NFL last year. I think if the Cowboys can shut down the Giants running game, Paul Perkins doesn't really scare me at running back. If they can shut that down and force Eli Manning to pass to win the game, that's their best chance, even with their losses on defense um, at, at the cornerback position. I'm going to take... I can't remember the last time the Cowboys lost three games in a row to the New York Giants. They're at home, season opener. I think Prescott's going to improve a lot. Zeke's playing. The O-line, I think, will be better. I think Lyle Collins is an upgrade on Doug Free from last year. I think... Uh, whoever starts at left guard, it hasn't quite been announced. Um, I think it will be uh, Cooper, but I'm not sure yet. But that'll certainly be a downgrade from Leary. But I think Lyle Collins will be an upgrade. I'm going to take the Cowboys by three. They're going to kick a field goal late to win the game. Um, and that's why it's going to happen, George. And I won't hear anything else about it. Yeah, let's just move on to the other game if you want. <laughs> yeah, we've got uh, the... These are the, the two Monday night games. The New Orleans Saints at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the, is this their first game in their new stadium? I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it is as well. Um, and it's going to start in a game that's going to be a very tough one to predict. I mean, you've got New Orleans' firepower offense versus Minnesota's um, just shutdown defense. It's going to be a great battle to see. Um We'll look at the Saints' pass rush to start off with against Minnesota's tackles. Um, New Orleans ranked fifth for an adjusted sack rate. They allowed only 26 um, sacks. Uh, sorry, they, they they put on 27 sacks. Um, Minnesota's defensive line has ranked first for adjusted sack rate. So they've made 41 sacks. They're a sack machine. So if New Orleans can hold up, uh, they look very, very um, promising. Um I'm looking forward to Michael Thomas as the new first string wide receiver now at the absence of Brandon Cooks. And also Ted Ginn Jr., who's um, brought in a deep threat. And we know how much Drew Brees loves his deep threats, James. Um, but Michael Thomas, Xavier Rhodes will be a big matchup. Um, and I'm also looking forward to seeing how Adam Thielen goes for Minnesota. He's my smoky to really have a big season. Um, he had a breakout season last year of 967 yards, five touchdowns at 14 yards per reception. Um, and against a, a, a really weak New Orleans secondary, he could have a big game. Um, I, it was hard for me to predict them. Um, I've also got Brent, I've always been a fan of 
Dalvin Cook, who's playing his first game as well, who was ranked second of all running backs in the NCAA last season for elusive rating. Um, he's got great vision, and he's going to be really exciting to watch. Um, hopefully, the Minnesota Vikings uh, O-line holds up. And for that, I've got a, a high-scoring affair, but I've got the Vikings by a touchdown purely because it is in Minnesota. Yeah, I, I'm going to tend to agree. I think the Vikings' defense is going to have a strong year. I don't have New Orleans doing a lot, although they've added these running backs. I don't see how um, it's going to help with their O-line. Um, with Armstead not playing, it's going to be even harder. I'm going to take the Vikings by seven as well. I think that's a, a pretty good call there at home in the, in the season opener. The last game of the week, uh, the Monday night late game, two games on a Monday night for the opening round. It's the LA Chargers at the Denver Broncos. How do you see this one going, George? Um, I'm going to have a view that's going to be pretty different to everyone else's. I'll start off with my prediction. I've got I've got the Chargers by 14. Um, it's going to be the upset of the week. It's a big divisional rivalry, and I'll, I'll just run through some stuff with you. Um, just analyzing the numbers, the key to beating the Broncos is an effective run game. And the Chargers have Melvin Gordon, and I think that's just a recipe for the Chargers to really make some noise, employ a strong running game, and set the tempo for the rest of the game. Last season, he had 102 and a half yards per game at 4.2 yards per carry, which is solid numbers. And Denver was ranked 21st in rush defense DVOA last season, which is extraordinary considering how strong they were as a defensive unit. Basically, that means that against stronger opposition and the stronger running backs, they're actually not that efficient. They conceded 130 rush yards per game in 2016, which was the fifth most. So you put a bad rush defense against a good running back and the charges might set the tempo not to mention keenan allen returning after his acl injury last season as that extra weapon at wide receiver um and you got philip rivers who's averaged uh 228 yards at 59 percent completion seven touchdowns and six interceptions since 2013 so it looks like they might go into this game with a very run heavy offense just keep the chains moving, and then when they get into the red zone, Philip Rivers could find that deep, uh, could find that red zone threat, which might be Hunter Henry. They've also got Antonio Gates, and who knows? Because um, when I look at this Denver offense, I see the first name on the board, and that's Trevor Simeon, and I'm already put off. It's just an uninspiring uh, quarterback in an uninspiring position. He's had a completion percentage last year of 59.48%. 25th in 2016 and a 55.8 QBR rating, which is nowhere near the standard at NFL level. Um, even though he's got good wide receivers next to him in Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, um, he's got uh, an okay running back in CJ Anderson, who we know has had his injury issues, but he's back fit and firing. Um, I just think Denver's... Uh, Denver's quarterback situation is tough. And when you consider that he's going to be up against Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, bringing the heat every single snap, who have both averaged an 89 pro football focus grade between them last season, um, it could be a big matchup against their tackles. And um, we could be seeing um, either Joey Bosa or Ingram recording, or one of them recording, probably three sacks or more this week. And um, like I said, charges by 14, James. Yeah, I have to agree. I've got the Chargers making the playoffs. I think Denver are really going to struggle. 
Um, everyone keeps saying, oh, you know, Simeon, he's done so well for a seventh-round pick. At the end of the day, he's a seventh-round pick out of Northwestern. His ceiling is not very high. I can't see him leading him to the playoffs this year. Their defense is going to get slightly worse, even though they've got Von Miller and Akeem Tlaib. I think uh, it's going to be a worse defense again, and I think the Chargers are making the playoffs this year as the wild card. So I've got them winning that game pretty comfortably because if I have to pick between Phillip Rivers and Trevor Simeon, I'm taking Phillip Rivers every single day of the week. Well, we have to consider as well, and we have to hope that the Chargers' offensive line holds up as well. They're, I think that, that Chargers' offensive line is the missing link for them to make the playoffs and make some noise. Um, I just hope that they that they get it together. They brought in Russell Okung, uh, a, a very underrated tackle by a free agency who I think will help them out. But they still need to perform. Uh, they need to fill the void of uh, King Dunlap but um, it's up to Forrest Lamp, who they drafted in the in the uh, early in the draft, and, and Freeney to, to build a chemistry. And they they if they get this offensive line right, like you said, they could make some noise in the playoffs. So we might be seeing an AFL West champion. They might hover on top of the Raiders um, if all results go their way. Yeah, I think the only thing I'll say there is Forrest Lamp is out for the season. He did his ACL a couple of weeks ago, so that will be an issue for them. But I think Philip Rivers is too good. The receivers have got Keenan Allen coming back. If, if they can stay healthy for the first time in a few years, yeah, I think they're going to make a real run at it and they'll be definitely in the playoffs. Uh, George, that's all we've got time for today. We've previewed all the games. Thank you very much for, for joining us today, mate. And um, everyone, you'll be hearing from George every week on the on the preview show. It'll be the George and JA show. Richie's been kicked to the curb. He's just not up to the scratch of it at the moment. So, George, you'll be, we'll be hearing your voice a lot more. Absolute pleasure having you on with me today. No, it's my pleasure, James. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And for everyone else, uh, enjoy the show, and we'll, all, we'll speak to you all next week. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the NFL Podcast, brought to you by The Vault Studio. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more, head to www.thevaultstudio.com.au. And for the latest news, Search for The Vault Studio on Facebook and Twitter. Love you, Jerry.